breaking news. This just in. Our Andrew Brandt is reporting that the court has decided to rule in favor of the NFL, resulting in Tom Brady being suspended for the first four games of the season. Looks left, goes back right over the middle end zone, touchdown! We got set. Here we go! Playoffs? It's on. Let's go! They get it over to Lewis. Look at this speed. Deion Lewis to the end zone for the touchdown. Osweiler, pressure from behind, and he's sacked for a second time in this quarter. Nom, 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 nom. One for the big one. To the end zone. It is caught by White for the touchdown. Osweiler. Gets intercepted. McCourty saw it coming and jumped right in front of Hopkins. Look at the time Osweiler has here. Dangerous across the middle, and it is intercepted by Ryan. Uh, you're coming out about thousands of better places <laughs> than Pittsburgh. It's lesser than other places. Brady, well protected. All kinds of time, and then goes in. So right up there. Touchdown, New England. Chris Hogan. Back to him, they go. The flea flicker. What you gonna do, brother? And we're going to the Super Bowl, man. For for a number of reasons, all of you in the stadium understand how big this win was. But we have to go to Houston and win one. Great players. It's all about the players. We got great players. They work hard. They're unselfish. And they're tough. Nah, this is my motivation right here. All these fellas right here in front of me. But well, it's going to be a hell of a game. Congratulations. Thank you. Heading back to the Super Bowl again. The New England Patriots have a date with Atlanta. Down in Houston. All right, welcome back to the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Taking you up till 2 p.m. this afternoon and getting you ready for Super Bowl 51, covering pretty much every angle of the game tomorrow as we are approaching kickoff, what, 31 hours away? 
something like that. Something 30, to that 31 effect. hours and change. Um, and one thing that we were talking about a little bit in the last segment is the uh, the disrespect for the Patriots offense. You know, going into this game, no one's really talking about the Pats offense, and that's kind of unusual in these parts because the Patriots, over the last 10 years of the Brady era, have always been sort of a top-five offense, and going into this game, everyone's talking about are. Matt Ryan. They still are, but everyone's <laughs> talking about the Matt Ryan-led, Julio Jones-led Falcons offense going up against the Patriots. Yeah, defense. it's the sexier headline, right? The, the number one headline. offense against the number one defense. But hey, don't forget about Tom Brady and his you know group of uh, wide receivers. Including I don't think Julian they Elway, are missing you know. Gronk. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. They are matter. missing Gronk, but they've got Martel It hasn't Sonic. mattered. No, they're they're unbeaten matter. without Gronk. And it doesn't matter. Sheesh. They don't like that, um, you know, I guess uh, popularity anyway. They don't care no, they, about that fame. They love having that chip on their shoulder they anyway. The and, and you know what? They're just adding fuel to the fire because there's guys like, uh, who was it? Keyshawn Johnson talking about, oh, you know what? They're too white in their wide receiver core, and that's why they don't get any recognition. I don't know where all this random crap is coming from, but that's what we're hearing is, you know, like they're just getting disrespected. Well, look, it's not as if the Patriots offense isn't good this year. I think we know that. They rank third in points scored. They scored 27.5 points per game. They rank fourth in yards, uh, fourth in pass yards, and seventh in rush yards. So they've got a well-balanced offense there. But you really can't even say that they're almost as good as Atlanta because Atlanta was far and away the best offense this year. Now, the Patriots with the third highest scoring offense scored 441 total points this year. Atlanta had 540, so almost 100 more points than the Patriots did with the number one ranked offense. Yeah, but what happened with the Patriots in the first four games this year? Well, of course they they have Tom Brady, but they still put points up. They, they, st- st- they still scored an average of 25 points per oh, game. No, 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 no. They I'm had agreeing zero. With you. I'm agreeing with you. They, they had zero in one of those games. Right, and that, that's, a, that's a little blemish there because Jacoby Brissett was, was the quarterback against Buffalo. What my overall point is that if they had Tom Brady for the first, first four games, oh, I we'd don't be think talking so. about maybe the better offense the first than the three, New Patriots. The first three ah. weeks, they still put up the amount of points that they've been putting up all year. Right. Uh, that's, yeah, that's true. That, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, that that, yeah, there's the one blemish. There's the one blemish. 40 points in that Buffalo So, okay, if you score... Scored some against Buffalo, you'd have 25 more points, and Atlanta would have 75 more points than yeah. you scored all year. Let's not uh, over-exaggerate how good the Patriots' offense is when it comes to relating it to Atlanta's. Atlanta's offense is better. They are one of the best offenses in the in the history of the league, honestly. They, they've had some record-breaking offenses. Uh, offensive statistics. When it comes to Matt Ryan, I think he's averaging uh, a little over nine yards per, per throw. Per throw, yeah. That's insane. That is insane when you're talking about averaging almost 10 yards per pass for Matt Ryan. Dave, if you don't mind me interrupting quick, Go ahead. I, I think that the way that this game is set up is Matt Ryan and his explosive offense, okay? But then when you talk about the Patriots, just Tom Brady working his guys. Oh, hell yeah. And, and and that's all that matters. Like that's all that the people should care about if you're a Pats fan is let Falcons get all the, the fame and the popularity because at the end of the day, you got the greatest quarterback of all time on your side of the table here. So, I right. mean, there's nothing to lose. And look, I'm not too worried about this matchup when you're talking about the Patriots offense going up against the Atlanta defense. All right, so the Falcons defense this year overall in the regular season were 27th in points allowed. So they allowed 25.5 points per game. That's horrible. That's bad. 25th in yards allowed, so they allowed 371 yards per game, and that's because they're 28th in passing defense, 17th in rushing defense, okay? Now, when we talked about down the stretch how the Atlanta defense got a little bit stronger— 
Sure, statistically they did. Uh, before the bye week in week 11, they actually allowed 28.5 points per game through the first 10 games of their regular season. Uh, in the final six, they got that number down to 20.5. All right, so they definitely did better, but full disclosure on that, they played Arizona, Kansas City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Carolina, and New Orleans, who has a good offense, but they actually allowed 32 points to New Orleans. Yeah. All right, so that's a little bit of a mirage, those final six games. Uh, and they still allowed a ton of passing yards, uh, 385 through the first 10 games, uh, 346 in those final six. Now, when you're talking about uh, these, uh, the, the, the defense for the Atlanta Falcons in those playoff games, they did much better against Seattle, Seattle and Green Bay. Right. So, so you've got to give them credit for shutting them down in the postseason. They, still, uh, they only gave up 20 to Seattle and 21 to Green Bay. And, and that's because the talent's just not there with both of those teams. So those are kind of overinflated as well. But when I look at the Falcons' defense, especially this year and how Dan Quinn comes about you know, doing his job week in and week out, is they come with a pass rush. That front seven is pretty, pretty deep. Um, but when you look at you know the secondary, yeah, they can be beat. And, and that's where I think Chris Hogan and you know guys like Amendola, Edelman's going to be the shorter, shorter game, but you know yards out to catch in regards to that side. Um, but when it comes to these guys going deep post routes, you know running you know all the way down to the field so that Brady can just toss it up, that secondary better be ready because Brady's going to be coming firing at that because he knows that the strength in the Falcons' defense is that front seven. He knows he can beat that secondary. I, I, I believe you're right, Mark. I really do. And I think an X factor here when we're talking about this coaching staff, Dan Quinn might just have the formula to disrupt the Patriots' offense. Yeah. If you remember that Super Bowl against Seattle where Dan Quinn was the de- defensive coordinator, Michael Bennett was unblockable. And he was the main reason that the Patriots offense struggled in the beginning of that game. Vic now, Beasley you've got a superstar a pass rusher here yeah, yeah. In, in Vic Beasley who had 15 and a half sacks this year. So he's the guy to watch out for against the Pats O-line. And that could be a game changer because, again, I think Dan Quinn knows the recipe. If you want to disrupt this Pats offense, you've got to get to Tom Brady. I don't know if Vic Beasley necessarily is as good as Michael Bennett. But that's the idea. That's yeah. the f- so he might have the formula. I don't know if Vic Beasley is the as players. big a talent yeah. as Michael Bennett is, but he is certainly a guy who who became a superstar pretty quickly this year. And from a schematic standpoint, I think when it comes to that Falcons defense, is most certainly getting after quarterback, but also kind of containing the backs because when you look at Brady, he loves to use the short game. And whether that's backs out of the alf, uh, you know, backfield or looking at Julian Edelman and, and like screens or, you know, in the slot area. So when you when you look at the Falcons defense, they got to monitor those short game because they can make it into a long game. And the reason why I say that is because Falcons defense can't tackle. They as right. cannot as tackle. Right. No, this is a terrible Falcons defense. And just speaking to Tom Brady's game, he's the type of quarterback that will not try to outthink himself. He's going to look at what the defense is giving him, and he's just going to roll with it. And that's truly what's been you know, something to marvel at with Tom Brady over the course of his career is he is constantly reinventing himself every year where he's sort of stacked these different skills into his arsenal where, like last year, he was getting the ball out from the snap in two to three seconds. Now this year, the offensive line, 
lines a little bit better. He can drop back, go into a seven-step drop, actually go through his reads. So, you know, yeah, having to that the point, ability she... to do those things year after year, depending on the personnel that he's surrounded with, he can kind of change up his game now. If he feels like he's getting rushed a lot, he can go back to that offense, the type of offense that he had last year, where he's getting it out in two to three seconds to guys like Julian Edelman. Yeah, so but that, to I that think point, that, it's a huge advantage for a guy like Tom Brady. To that point, he didn't really look good against Houston. And he, he kind of like kind of didn't choke, but he just got pressured significantly yep. from that pass rush. And that's where I think Dan Quinn can come with strength, where he can literally, you know, like I said, analyze what uh, the Patriots are good at, and that's the short game. But then if, if Brady tries to make an adjustment, I feel like Dan Quinn will be there to outsmart Brady. So Brady has to be on all levels because he doesn't have like the, the weapons that he used to. So he has to utilize them right. Chris Hogan, I mean, he doesn't have much playoff experience. Amendola, he can be injury prone. Uh, uh, Michael Floyd, Malcolm Mitchell, on and on. These guys don't really have much experience. So when it comes to Brady, he's got to be a leader to put the ball in the right place for these guys. Well, and I was going to say, to tack on to Ashish's point before I tack on to yours, Mark. Ashish, the one thing that's been consistent throughout Brady's career is what? His favorite receiver is the open receiver. And that is why his wide receivers always pick up yards after the catch, okay? And Mark, to your point about Houston and their defense, it's the same thing I was saying about how Dan Quinn might just have the formula for success, but he might not have the players. That Houston defense is legit. They're a good defense. They can get pressure up the middle and make quarterbacks uncomfortable so that might be the right idea but I don't know if they've got the personnel to be able to pull that off but Brady had two picks in that game right sure and, and sure but again the, the talent timely. the talent level yeah. on Houston is higher than that on on uh, Atlanta's defensive line right. so again that's the right idea but I don't know if you got the personnel on the Atlanta side to be able to pull that off now back to the point uh, that Ashish had with regards to Brady and his consistency when it comes to hitting that open guy, hitting the open receiver and letting them pick up yards after the catch. This is going to be huge in this game for the Patriots offense because, as you alluded to earlier, Mark, the Falcons' defense, they have big-time tackling issues. They rank dead last in that advanced metric They suck in terms of yards after the catch allowed. Yeah. They are dead last in that category, allowing 132.9 yards after the catch per game. And this is where the Patriots' offense has always thrived. Okay, they pick up yards after the catch. They do the dink and dunk better than anybody. You get it to a quick receiver like Edelman, a quick receiver like Hogan, a guy out of the backfield like a Deion Lewis or a James White. These guys are going to be able to pick up yards after the catch because Atlanta cannot tackle. They are the worst tackling team in the league statistically. And to that point, LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt will, ro- will roll through that defense if they if can't they tackle. If they use him. If they use him. I think and they I, will. And I he's do... sucked the second half of the season. Well, they'll use him in goal line situations because he's found a way to get in the end zone. I mean, one thing that you can always talk about is the fact that he has 18 touchdowns. And I know a lot of those came in goal line situations. But guess what? If you find yourself at the one-yard line, roll with it. You the guy gets finish. in. Yeah, right. you got to finish it, too. You can't just say, hey, we're going to get it in with, with LB because we're on the goal line. No, you got to finish it. And they'll finish it. Look, it's it's up for debate whether or not LeGarrette Blunt is even really a factor in this game, if Agreed. you ask me. Because it could be a, a semi-X factor. No. Well, if you look at the... There's not many strengths to this Falcons defense, but one of them, they are middle-of-the-pack rushing uh, uh, defense. Right. So they can stop the run a little bit. And a guy like LeGarrette Blunt where he's more just straight ahead, you know, he's going to get... The, he's got to get the legs moving before... 
uh, he starts his run because if he doesn't get the legs moving, he's going to be tackled right at the line or behind it. And we've all seen th- what the Patriots have done in recent weeks. They've used a lot more into Young Lewis, a lot more Absolutely. James White. Yeah, but the Patriots always come with a different game plan that you just never know it's coming. And that's where well, I, that, I, it I, could I, be a good strategy to, to hand the ball off to Blunt and see what this defensive line is made of. Start the tempo. You start hitting them hard and see if they let them know that they're in a game early. They're going to get hit. They're, right. they're going to be in for it. And who okay. knows what happens to that defensive line. Again, there's a lack of experience on the Falcons as well that's a factor here. Agreed. And to that to that point, when you play a physical defense, how do you get them tired? Is you continue the drives, right? But you also start that running game so that – and no huddle. No huddle and the running game. Get the defense tired, make them fatigue, and then you beat them up. And that's where I think LeGarrette Blunt may come yeah. into play. And the one thing that I want to touch on, just because Ashish, you mentioned giving it to LeGarrette Blunt on the goal line. When it comes to red zone defense, Atlanta ranks dead last in that statistic as well. So they cannot tackle. They're the worst tackling team in the league. And they, they give up 73%. Of opponent red zone drives result in a touchdown. We talked about how 63% of their offensive drives to the red zone result in a touchdown. Well, on the flip side of that, their defense is worse. (laughs) Their defense gives up more touchdowns than their offense gets when when you're talking about getting down into the red zone for the Falcons. So that is where the Patriots need to take advantage of the Falcons' defense. Their tackling sucks. So you get yards after the catch if you're Tom Brady throwing it to these wide receivers. And when you get to the red zone, you've got to punch it in for the touchdown. And on the flip side, you've got to hold Atlanta to some field goals here. 603-883-9900. When we come back, we'll get into this report that the Browns are apparently interested in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. We'll talk about that next. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire.